Hi, and welcome to Impactful Teaching at the College of Charleston, a teaching and learning podcast where we discover innovative strategies and practices to engage learners, celebrate the successes of others, making an impact on today's students' academic achievements, and inspire each other to learn and grow in our own teaching practices. Hello and welcome to episode 6. Today we will be discussing the topic of compassion fatigue. I am your host, Debbie Mirandin, as an instructional technologist at the College of Charleston. I am delighted to have Dr. Jen Wright with us here today. Dr. Wright, would you tell us a bit more about yourself? Um, yes, I will. Thank you for having me here today to talk about compassion fatigue. And I am a professor in the psychology department. I've been here since 2008. Um, starting in January, I will actually be taking over as the director of the First Year Experience Program, so this topic is certainly relevant there as much as it is in psychology. Um, I also have, you know, my PhD is in psychology, but I also have a master's in philosophy, and so uh, approach the issue of compassion and compassion fatigue, both from a psychological perspective and a philosophical perspective. My areas of specialty are moral psychology and, uh, you know, studying Virtues like humility and honesty uh, and, and compassion is certainly one of those virtues that I'm quite interested in. Wow, very interesting. So tell us a little bit more about what the definition or what the concept of compassion fatigue is all about. So compassion fatigue is, there's actually two slightly different approaches to it. The first is that compassion fatigue is a type of burnout um, it, it's, 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 if we think about what it means to, to experience burnout, it is one of the ways that people can experience burnout. And another way of thinking about it is that it is, it, it contains burnout, but it is something above and beyond that. But it is specifically the way in which we, especially when we're encountering, um, emotionally challenging, uh, situations in which a, a high degree of empathy and compassion are required people begin to experience, like absorb and experience some of the trauma from that and start to uh, experience what we call compassion fatigue. Some of the symptoms of compassion fatigue are just, it's not simply just having a, a lower level of or lower experience of empathy and compassion for those who are struggling, but it also includes just a general malaise. People find themselves uh, ex experiencing less pleasure overall in the things that they do. They begin to almost resent some of the work that they're doing at times because of the requirements uh, to, to experience compassion and empathy for others. So this is very common in health workers and you know therapists and other people that are on the front lines experiencing human suffering on a daily basis. Uh, you also can see a kind of cynicism that emerges and just a general uh, you know, depression, lack of lack of energy or reduction of energy or reduction of joy in the activities that you normally looked forward to and enjoyed engaging in. Very interesting. So tell me, how does compassion fatigue relate to the role of teaching? So on the surface, we might say that, com that compassion fatigue is not something that would be really relevant for teaching because teaching is just about you know, delivering material and assessing students' knowledge. But we all know that at a deeper level, we encounter as professors, as faculty, and as staff, 
we encounter students not only as students in our classes, but as college students overall, and often as you know, young human beings that are trying to navigate the difficulties of their adult life and trying to navigate the difficulties of, of college. And that requires us to, you know, it requires a lot of emotional labor to encounter them where they are. Often we are, you know, we, we encounter our students at a point in which they are struggling and they're having difficulty. They have, as with everybody else, they have, you know, experiences, negative experiences, the losses in their life, things that happen that are that are traumatic um, and difficult and require grief. And we have to, to help them navigate that space, both re with respect to what implications that has for our class, but also what implications that has for them. And that's a lot of emotional labor. That is a lot of, um, that requires a lot from us. And it at times, um, we can experience, you know, the, the, the weight of that, taking in the, the suffering that students are experiencing, you know, being very concerned for their well-being. Over time, that can start to take a toll. It begins to show, if you think of the some of the symptoms within the context of teaching, a general cynicism. People start to feel a little bit less, you know, like disconnected from students, um, disinclined to engage with them personally, a bit resentful of the, of the work that it takes to accommodate students that are struggling. Um, even though we may not want to, to recognize that's what we're experiencing, there's a little bit of frustration and just general fatigue and also just starting to feel less excited about being in the classroom, less excited about encountering students, less inclined to want to engage with them at a personal level. And I think this is something that we've all experienced at some level or another at one point in time or another in our career. Um, yeah, and it's 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 it can be something that is that's happening because of the direct experiences we have with students. But um, one of my evening weekend jobs is as a climate activist. I'm a co-director of the Charleston Climate Coalition, and one of the things that that I realized actually in preparing for this discussion today is that sometimes the compassion fatigue happens because of things that we're doing in our personal lives. So working on the front lines of climate change can cause a lot of you know, a lot of need for empathy and compassion for people that are that are experiencing suffering now and, the, you know, the possibility of, of suffering in the future. And sometimes that can get exhausting and you can feel the, the sort of shutdown, right? The need to, 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 the, to feeling overwhelmed and the need to release some of that grief. And then you carry that or can carry that forward into the classroom. So sometimes faculty and staff may have you know, experiences in their own lives, losses and, and grief that they're experiencing, trauma that they're experiencing, just encountering the daily world and all the things that are going on, that can then impact their ability to be in the classroom with the students at a personal level. So sometimes this, the compassion fatigue is something that we're bringing into the classroom because of things that are happening outside of the classroom. Mm -hmm. You're listening to Impactful Teaching. We'll be back in just a few minutes to bring you the rest of today's episode. If you miss any of today's episode, you can hear it again on our website at tlt.cofc.edu. That's tlt.cofc.edu. Calling all teaching faculty and staff. We want to hear from you. 
The Teaching and Learning Team at College of Charleston invites you to submit a proposal for the 7th Annual Teaching Learning and Technology Conference, May 16 and 17, 2023. This local conference with global reach offers presenters the opportunity to share and discuss best practices and lessons learned in all aspects of teaching and learning. All sessions will be hosted online. On the fence about presenting? Consider this. Last year's conference featured over 100 presenters from 40 different colleges and universities. With an audience of over 400 educators from 44 states and 13 countries, you don't want to miss your chance to present at one of the fastest-growing teaching and learning conferences. The call for proposals will close on Wednesday, February 1, 2023. Please visit bit.ly slash tltcon23cfb to submit your proposal. Again, that's bit.ly slash tltcon23cfb. Thank you for your time. We look forward to your proposals. Once again, here's impactful teaching. That's very interesting. So yeah, you did a great job of telling us what the impact on both the faculty and how that therefore impacts the students, certainly. What are some of the overall implications of um, you know, this compassion fatigue on both the students and faculty, as well as the institution in general? Uh, well, that's an interesting question. I mean, so I was thinking about the, how this relates to students. And, you know, certainly one of the things I think, especially with COVID, having gone through COVID and having gone through, um, you know, all of the, the upheaval that's been happening over the last couple of years, social media certainly brings uh, tragedy and trauma into people's lives on a daily basis. I think we have to recognize that, <clears throat> especially for those of us that are teaching in areas, I teach a psychology of oppression class, I teach a psychology of social change class, a psychology of war, lots of psychology of classes. And, you know, these are topics that we expect students to connect with emotionally. And sometimes that's difficult for them to do precisely because they're experiencing kind of fatigue of their own where they're feeling overwhelmed and disconnected and you know just feeling like that what the tragedies in the world are too heavy for them to carry and better for them to to just disconnect from and that can be frustrating but it's also important to recognize why that's happening and i think that the, the larger implications for us as faculty and staff and as a college is recognizing that this is a phenomenon especially today when there's a lot to a lot to worry over a lot of, of things that we are we have much more experience where we encounter more regularly. Just being able to recognize that this is something that happens, being able to create like this, you know, this uh, this podcast, like having opportunities to talk about it, to recognize the symptoms of it, and to get the kinds of support that we might need um, to to overcome it. Oh, that's terrific. Thank you. And how do we recognize that we might have compassion fatigue ourselves? Right. So as I mentioned, some of the symptoms, if you experience, I mean, especially for those of us who've been teaching for a long time or engaging with students um, as a staff member for a long time, you when you start to notice that you're a bit more, you know, you're experiencing a higher level of cynicism and just sort of disconnect from the the, the experiences that students are having, you're feeling Overall, just a less less level, a lower level of, of enjoyment, kind of a less of a, of a of a passion for what you're doing. Feeling yourself disconnecting more, especially when emotional labor is required, just kind of disconnecting. 
looking for ways to to disconnect from the situation, feeling um, overall fatigue. I mean, so looking for the other symptoms of burnout, just feeling overwhelmed, feeling like that you know things are things are heavy, and um, experiencing a kind of emotional depression that is that's difficult to to come back from. It just feels like it's weighing on you, almost like sometimes it feels like there's a cloud over your head. It's just hard to get the same level of enjoyment. When you start to experience those symptoms, um, it's important to recognize that that might be part of what is going on. Very interesting. And what are ways that we can deal with this once we sort of recognize this within? <clears throat> yeah, it's a, I think it's really important. Obviously, receiving um, professional help can be sometimes necessary, just having people to talk to. But certainly, um, in the absence of that, being able to talk to one another, if we can come together as colleagues, as you know, people that work here at the college, if this is something that we're able to talk more about and recognize as a reality, <clears throat> especially of the 21st century, so that we can we have an opportunity to express what we're experiencing uh, and and work through some of the uh, the difficulties, being able to just openly you know, express our frustrations and our, our, our disconnection from what's going on around us, from our students and from ourselves and from our families, that can be really helpful. Um, really recognizing the importance of self-care uh, in, in terms of a work-life balance, giving us, giving, giving ourselves opportunities to disconnect from the, whatever the source of stress is, like walking away from work, walking away from from what we're doing as faculty to have personal time where we're just doing things that bring enjoyment, even small pleasures, whether it's, you know, working around the house, cooking, being out in nature, tending a garden, going to the beach, just spending time re replenishing, taking care of ourselves, making sure that we're getting enough sleep, making sure that we're eating well, and just doing the normal things that you would expect to rejuvenate and to, to protect ourselves, connecting with our loved ones. And um, having a degree of, you know, a high degree of compassion for ourselves, recognizing that this is not something that's our fault. It's a, it's a natural reaction to continued exposure to emotional, emotionally difficult situations. So having that self-compassion and being willing to be patient with ourselves and recognize when we can show up, when we can be present, and when we need to just back away and take some time for ourselves. I love that so much. It sometimes is so hard when you're caught up in the middle of a semester and you're caring about all of your students more than you're caring about yourself. So um, I, I feel that one. <laughs> so what are um, some of the strategies to avoid the compassion fatigue before mm. it even happens? Mm -hmm. So yeah. <laughs> besides just recognizing it and Once dealing with there. it, yeah. Right. <laughs> so how um, can we avoid? I think that that here is one of the places where I don't know um, how many of you are familiar with the the four agreements. Um, and unfortunately, I am blanking on the gentleman's name who wrote the book. But uh, the four agreements have to do with uh, some basic tenets for how to approach life. And one of them is don't take things personally. And I keep coming back to that one over and over again, in the sense that I think part of what causes compassion fatigue is the uh, the desire to to fix things, the desire to we, we end up taking things on our own shoulders. We end up feeling like somehow we have to be the ones to solve problems. We have to be the ones to fix things. And if that fails, if we are unable to help our students or help the people around us, 
that weighs on us in a way that creates guilt, that creates a sense of, of sometimes even shame that then can facilitate the development of burnout and compassion fatigue. So it's really important to, to understand that we can, we can only, uh, and that's another one of the four agreements, you know, do the best that you can. And you're always, if you're always doing your best, that's the best you can do. And recognizing that sometimes that's only going to get us so far and that's not our fault and we can't fix everything. Being present and listening and offering our insight is some is the best thing that we can do. And often these are problems that have to be addressed by the people who have them, not us. Uh, so not taking things personally, I think, is a really important part of it. And being able to create a, a kind of distance from a kind of capacity to observe what's happening without emotionally connecting to it. So it is possible to feel a high degree of compassion and empathy and care for the people around us without becoming totally immersed and invested in it in a way that ends up draining us and exhausting us. So being able to be wholeheartedly present, but also recognize that there's there's a space for that and then there's a space for people to, to have to approach things and solve things and work things out on their own. I think that's also very important. That's terrific. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time today. Are there any final last words you'd like to uh, tell us? Uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up, though. Certainly anyone who's listening to this who is interested in talking more about compassion fatigue, I'm always available on campus. I would, I'm certainly happy to, as I talk about us coming together and supporting each other through this process, I'm certainly happy to step in and, and be available to chat with people who might be experiencing this or thinking that they're experiencing it and wanting to know what the next steps are, because it's really important for us to be supporting one another and having a place to, to talk about our experiences and how we're feeling um, as we move forward. So I'm always here. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here today. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for listening to Impactful Teaching, brought to you by the Teaching and Learning Team at the College of Charleston. Until next time.